I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We are into the final hour now of today's episode of Live Mike, and it's just after 2 o'clock, which means it's time for the top two stories at 2 o'clock. The top story uh, today is one uh, that really shook me and rocked me this morning as I saw the text message alert come through on my phone announcing the death of talk show host Rush Limbaugh. He'd been at it for uh, 30-plus years, and honestly, without the trail that he blazed, Uh, I very likely would not be here today for a number of reasons. Uh, Number one, it's no secret, you know, I'm not the only Lonsberry to work behind the microphone. Uh, My dad, Bob, has been a a talk show host for most of my life. Uh, I think if I remember right, it was uh, when I was in second grade, uh, he landed his first talk radio job and has held on to that uh, ever since. And as I, over the years, have talked to him about... Uh, the job that he did as I was growing up, and now uh, the job that I've been lucky enough to land, uh, it, the conversation often comes back to uh, the late 80s and Rush Limbaugh, and that during that period of deregulation, specifically the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine, which allowed for imbalance. And let me explain. Uh, it used to be, and, and you know, I apologize if if you already know this, but maybe there are a few out there who don't. Uh, Before the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine, there were FCC requirements that uh, broadcasters, uh, when airing controversial controversial topics and political issues, it required that each, each side be evenly represented in terms of time on the clock. Well, uh, when that went away, you could, as Rush Limbaugh did, uh, present uh, one side of things and do so very aggressively and speak very forcefully to those uh, who could be convinced to take that view uh, or who shared that view with you. Conservatism. In fact, it's uh, been argued by some that, uh, that as Rush Limbaugh came in, that he picked up the torch of conservatism from Ronald Reagan. There's a famous letter that has been circulating today on the occasion of Rush Limbaugh's death written to him by uh, Ronald Reagan saying that, uh, that you uh, have a great responsibility now and to go forth and to accomplish the task before you. And, well, depending on your politics and your view, you, you, you may think he did a fine job or a poor job. Uh, But whatever the case, agree with him or not, uh, believe that he was responsible for much division or not, uh, the truth is that he is 
singularly responsible for uh, this business today. And this business is uh, the one that put food in my belly and a roof over my head and clothes on my back as I was growing up. Uh, And now today it is the business that allows me to put food in my belly still, but more importantly to me today uh, in the belly of my beautiful little baby daughter Piper as well as that roof above her head each evening. And again, setting politics aside, setting views aside, setting whatever aside, style, brashness, whatever, uh, the the businessman with a radio show, Rush Limbaugh, uh, is responsible uh, in large part for my life today. And uh, with his passing, uh, I mourn. And uh, uh, let me, before we move on to the second top story of the day, play a little uh, montage we put together. It, uh, it contains some of the words shared by President Trump last year during the State of a Union address, State of the Union address, when Rush Limbaugh was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And then, uh, following the president's remarks, you'll hear uh, a little bit of Rush being Rush. Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. My name is Rush Limbaugh, the poster boy for the American way of life. Your vital national resource right here. You realize how frustrating it is for me to have been so right for so long about everything that's happened. I know that I am so good at this that I make it look easy. What a burden it is to be right so often, but I'll gladly carry it. This is the only information highway you need. The Rush Limbaugh. Get your own show if you want to tell people what you think. Ah, So there you have it. Uh, Today at the age of 70, uh, born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, on January 12, 1951, uh, Rush Limbaugh has passed away at the age of 70. Uh, The second top story of today, uh, back in the classroom, we, we, we we heard from Representative Rex Shipp explaining in Utah House Committee his new proposal, which would create a pilot program for gun safety, the instructions uh, to instruct gun safety in classrooms at various school districts throughout the state. It's a a fascinating concept, one that I uh, am inclined to support. I'm looking forward to having a one-on-one conversation with Representative Shipp when that opportunity presents itself. But as I combed through the arguments and the rationale that he presented in the Judiciary Committee hearing just yesterday on Utah's Capitol Hill, which I'll point out ultimately voted to pass this on to the full House. So we'll get to see uh, some real debate on this deal here pretty soon as we're just over halfway through the legislative session of this year. And so if there is support for this, uh, it's going to move here pretty quickly and we'll know uh, before not too long whether or not there will be instruction of this kind. Firearm safety in certain classrooms for those uh, grades 9 through 12. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. Before we go to break here, let me uh, have the representative explain in his own words exactly his objective. HB 258, Firearm Safety in Schools. Uh, This bill, it's a pilot program. It's a three-year pilot program uh, for 
safe handling of firearms in grades 9 through 12. And it requires a local LEA to contract with the provider to supply materials and curriculum for the pilot uh, program and develop curriculum for the pilot program. Ultimately, uh, in schools, teaching kids about firearm safety. We'll follow that, uh, see where it goes right now, though. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically. I was flipping through the paper today, or in honesty, I was scrolling through the web paper's website uh, on DeseretNews.com, uh, and I saw a, an in-depth report by Sophia Jeremias about the search for a better chicken. You've heard me before announce that when I was in high school, they called me Chicken Boy. That was because I raised chickens. So any of these chicken stories, chickens in the backyard, you've got my attention. She's got my attention, and she'll be my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.